Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast on 101 ESPN. This is the Monday edition of Scoops with Danny Mac on 101 ESPN. I'm Dan McLaughlin. As always, our producer, Colin Surrey. Did you have a good weekend? Hopefully everything went well for you. I had a tremendous weekend, Dan. Awesome. Awesome. Love to hear it. Let's let's stay positive. Let's, let's do it. Let's keep the positive vibes rolling, even though there's not a lot of positive things going on. But, hey, it's going to turn around. That's the way I'm looking at it. It's going to turn around. So hopefully everyone out there listening had a great weekend as well. On the program this morning, I'll visit with Mike Kelly. He is the voice of the Missouri Tigers. And for decades, he's been the voice of some of the greatest moments in Mizzou sports history. Who are his biggest influences? What's his favorite call? And will there be a college football season this fall? A visit with Mike Kelly is coming up. And we start with baseball. Another weekend has come and gone, and there is no deal. Now, the owners, they are steadfast in making sure the season, it doesn't go past October. The World Series needs to be done by November 1st. And there's two reasons for that. The potential of a second wave of the coronavirus and... You know what, folks? They don't want to go head-to-head with the NFL or college football. And how are you going to fit everything in on television if all these sports come back? So this is a crucial day. It's a crucial week for the sport. Do the math. If there's three to four weeks of spring training, then that would presumably mean no opening day by July 4th. MLB would say 50 games. You're going to play it. If the players insist on their full prorated salaries, if the players would take another cut, then baseball would have more games. And Colin told us about that with Carl Ravitch. We'll see. Top baseball writer Ken Rosenthal. They say they are tired of giving and giving and giving in various ways to the owners, and this is where they're taking their stand. Do I agree with it? Not necessarily. In my view, these two sides should be trying to form a partnership and treating this as a one-off, an unprecedented occurrence, but they are trapped in their own histories. They're trapped by the perils of their relationship from the past, and right now they're having a hard time moving forward. And baseball could have been the first of the leagues back, and that's now in question. For instance, if they implement the 50-game schedule, then it could coincide with both the return of the NBA and the NHL. That gives them more time, but those two sports will be in their postseasons. That's of concern for me. How about Buster Olney of ESPN? If they don't play baseball this year, all they're doing is deferring all of these ugly labor questions with the CBA set to expire in December 2021 into next spring. And then you bring in the potential of a player strike. And then you do bring in the potential for owners playing the long game and saying, you know what, we got the bigger pile of chips. We'll wait out the players until we get a financial system that we really like. That's why you do hope in the next 48, 72 hours that the owners start the process and that the players take advantage of it and they can find a middle ground. They've already done enormous damage to the sport, but they can limit it if they actually get back on the field in a collaborative way. There's been damage, but we have, as a society, I think, short memories. Baseball came out today and said we have a financial agreement. We're back. I may be wrong about this. I'd love to hear from you, but I think most fans would say, well... That's negotiations. It happens in every walk of life, in business. I don't like it, but hey, they're playing. And I truly believe we will have baseball. There's just too much to lose. But more games would be better than 50. 50 would be better than nothing. Buster Olney with more. I think there's no doubt that there are some owners who would rather not play at all because the more games they play, the more money they lose. If 
their payrolls are at a certain level where it, it just out far outstrips how much money they can make in revenue. On the other hand, the players are, are saying that that they just will not play unless they get their full prorated salary on a daily basis for however many games they play. The worst case scenario for me would be if there was no baseball at all. But I think the second worst case scenario would be if what you see attempted is that Major League Baseball attempts to ram like a 48-50 game plan down the throat of the players because there are certainly a lot of ways the players could derail that. And I, I fully expect, based on my conversations with players, with agents, that there would be players who would simply opt out of it. Let's just say, for argument's sake then, folks, we got a 50-game season, and they're back on the field. Let's talk about baseball actually between the white lines. Is it worth a team starting the clocks of their top prospects? For argument's sake, they would get a year of service time, a year closer to arbitration, and then off to free agency. Derek Gould of the Post-Dispatch was my guest this past Friday. I think it depends on the team. I think you're going to see some fascinating decisions yeah. based on what it has put into 2020 and what a team wants to get out of 2020. Some things, uh, Dylan Carlson is an example, right? Like, First of all, we need to know the rules. But for a young guy being in the majors, is that 50 days of service time? Is that 82 days of service time? Or is each game some prorated number of a 183 days in in um in the majors if so then you might see you know teams put like a dylan carlson on the taxi squad right so that he's available and then whatever it is games in eight games 12 games in have him come up because they've minimized that window it's not only dylan carlson though it's pitcher Zach Thompson and Cody Whitley. In a normal season, and they all three had really good springs, all three might have been up by this time in a normal season. Now, each team, they have to answer this on their own, answer it differently. The Cardinals could win the World Series this year. They have a good chance, as much as anybody, during a short season because of their pitching. The question for the Cardinals or the Padres or the Rays Anybody that's got good young talent in their minor league system, is it worth it? Is that a legitimate championship? If it's 50 games, do you exhaust all options to win? Do you feel better about doing that if it's 82 games? Those are some of the questions that teams will have to answer going forward. Another question will be, are players ready to play? Rick Ankeel, a Florida native, was a guest of the show late last week. I think fortunately for the guys, at least who are down here in Florida, um, you know, they do have somebody to play catch with. And they can put a hitter in there and still be social distancing. And so I know that they've kind of done some sim games, but done it in the right way. Um, and then, you know, obviously for guys who don't have that access, I kind of feel bad for because when you look at uh, baseball trying to ramp up and get going and maybe there's going to be a shorter spring training, you know, are those guys at risk or behind the curve? So uh, it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. If you listen closely, he said guys are playing in simulated games. So maybe in a backyard or a ballpark near you down in Florida, there's Max Scherzer going up against some of the top talent down in Florida. Many guys stay down there for spring training and then keep an off-season home there. So would these players be ready to roll in fewer than three weeks? And then that pushes up the time that maybe you get the season back. From the Air Comfort Service text line, Danny Mack, this has become appointment radio, and I love you, man, but 50 games isn't a season. See in 2021. Yeah, it isn't much of a season, but it's games, and it means a lot to play now. And uh, 
Think about the spring of 2021. Could be a complete disaster for labor war. Look, it's already a mess, but lessen the blow. Play what you can, and if that means I get 50 games, I'm taking it. From the Air Comfort Service text line, uh, 573, Danny Mack, absolutely love your show. No way should the Cardinals play Carlson or anybody else and waste their service time on a wasted season. Understand your comment. Appreciate it. I think there's going to be teams that will go for it. I really do. You know, say, for instance, you're the Dodgers. They paid a heavy price for Mookie Betts and David Price. Betts is a free agent to be, and they haven't seen an inning from David Price. They haven't won a world championship since 1988. The season really is in the eye of the beholder. And if you're going to go for it, this is the time to do it. Short season, anything could happen. The world champions last year, they started out 19-31, and 31, the Nationals. Anything can happen in a short season. Anything. Even if baseball can't get an agreement, MLB, the NHL, NBA, all have to make this go off without too many hitches. And I'm talking about the safety protocols. Can this be done? ESPN insider Brian Windhorst. You think that there's been angst and argument over the format of this? Just wait until next week when the NBA unveils what they're calling the protocol, which is going to be a 100-page document about what you can do and can't do in Orlando and about what all the testing rules are going to be and the movement rules and how life is going to go and how you will dress in your hotel room, get on a bus, play the game, then not shower, get back on the bus and go back to your hotel room. When they're going to keep doing the testing, what sort of... Uh, rules about where you can go, where you're allowed to eat, how you can eat. I mean, I know that this sounds funny. When you're allowed to go to the pool, because, you know, you can't have all 1,200 people in the hotel at the pool at the same time. You're going to have to negotiate that when you're going to be allowed to practice, when you're going to be allowed to get on the, uh, the, the, the Stairmaster or whatever. When that protocol comes out, there's going to be a lot that the players are going to have to discuss in addition to the fact that there's all these issues that are more about money, like what about my contract bonus for playing 70 games? Do I still get that or not? What about my free agency? What about this clause? What about that clause? There's like 40 guys who have to have things in their contracts and bonuses worked out. Again, just because a league say, hey, we're back, it really isn't that easy. I mean, it's easy for us to talk about it and say we can't wait for, you know, sports to be back. I'm one of them. You're one of them. I hope it works. I want it to work. If you missed it over the weekend, though, in college football, Alabama, the preeminent program, had five players test positive for the coronavirus. Oklahoma State has players that have tested positive as well. Now they're quarantining. So it's not as easy as this may seem once sports tries to come back. I'll ask Mike Kelly about the potential of college football in the fall. And I'll also ask him about his favorite moments behind the mic. One of the best games in Mizzou Hoops history, and I was there in person. It took three overtimes to finish. Missouri's first ever triple overtime game. <laughs> one that was completely out of reach at one juncture. And they came back with guts and determination. Down five with 28 seconds to go in regulation. Forced overtime. Down five with 43 seconds to go in this first overtime. Forced the second overtime. Kiwani Garris at the free throw line to win it at the end of two. Couldn't do it. We go to the third. The Tigers saying three is a charm. We're going to win this one. All right. Two free throws here for Frazier. 3.8 seconds to go. Got to hit them both. To nail down the coffin. First. Yes, sir, Bob. 
107-104. Yeah, if he misses this, Michael, they've got to get the rebound here. you got to get the rebound if he misses because there's still almost four seconds left. Or more importantly, you got to pressure defensively yes. to keep anybody from getting an open three. Second one, and this is the big one. Garris couldn't do it for Illinois at the end of the second overtime. Can Frazier at the end of the third? He sure can! 108-104. <laughs> Inbound to Garris, three seconds, up court, stops, pops a three with no time left on the clock. He hit it. He hit the three, and the end of a miracle on Oakland Avenue has come. Missouri wow. wins it in triple overtime. Wow. What a Christmas gift. The third consecutive oh, year, the Bush Bragging oh. Rights trophy oh. is going back <laughs> to old Mizzou, baby. <laughs> oh, baby, you got to love it. 108, 107, and three. A young Mike Kelly. Oh, baby, you got to love it. I was there, and it's still one of the best live sporting events I've ever been to, the Bragging Rights game. That same year saw a wild run for Mizzou hoops. Hey, folks, Missouri going to win the Big A tournament for the fourth time in seven years. Tiger fans just dancing out, folks. Ball thrown up, caught by Jackson, lays it in at the buzzer. Missouri is the 1993 Phillips 66 Big A champions. Knocking on along the way, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, and Kansas State to advance from the number seven seed to the NCAA tournament. Love listening to Mike Kelly. One of the reasons I got into this business, and it hasn't been just basketball for Mike, but his work in college football as well. 34-28 Missouri. Tigers have the safeties back. Garrett along with Del Howard. First and 10 for Kansas from its 11-yard line. Trips to the right. Meyer to the left side. Reese being chased. Hitting the end zone. Safety. Ball game. Bingo. That's Mizzou it. is going to knock off its arch rival. Shulock and Williams teamed up to sack Todd Reese. Now, in retrospect, it was truly unreal. Mizzou was number one in football in the country. They were number one and facing Kansas, who was trying to become the number one team that Saturday afternoon. Those highlights, courtesy of Learfield IMG College Sports, thanks to Mike Kelly. The Air Comfort Service text line is open. We'll get to the Rhino Shield mic drops later in the show. Visit with the voice of the Tigers. Mike Kelly is next on 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Back on 101 ESPN, it's a Monday morning. We just heard from some of the great moments in Mizzou history from one of the great broadcasters in Mizzou history, and it's my good friend, Mike Kelly. Mike, as always, nice to hear your voice. Hopefully everybody is safe and healthy. How you doing? Well, I'm doing fine, and you're, you're very kind to refer to me in that regard because, as you know, there have been some very, very talented individuals that have sat in this seat, if you will, uh, prior to me. Um, you know, you think about, my gosh, from, you know, Harry Carey to Jack Buck to Bob Starr to Dan Kelly to Bill Wilkerson. Um, and then from a basketball standpoint, you think about Bob Costas, John Rooney, uh, Kevin Harlan, Tom Dore. Um, you know, Missouri has been blessed to have a lot of people that have, um, you know, that have had unbelievable careers that have that have at one point in time 
uh, called Mizzou Football and Basketball. How many years now is this coming up for you, Mike? Uh, wow. Uh, this will be 28 in football. It'll be my 30th season doing play-by-play for basketball. My 31st season on the broadcast because I did I did color during the 1990-91 season with with Condor. Uh, I started doing play-by-play in 90-91 with basketball. And then Tiger Talk, I started making that little commute from St. Louis to Columbia <laughs> in 1989. Mike Kelly, voice of the Tigers, my guest. Do you enjoy football or basketball more? You know, it's it's a question I've been asked a lot, and 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 I'm sincere when I answer it this way, and I've been consistent consistent in answering it this way. Um, just the opportunity to do two sports at Division One level is a blessing. So I'm I, I enjoy both of them equally. Um, Preparations different, as you know. Um, you know, from from one to the other, football is probably a little bit more intensive in terms of you know the preparation and the time it takes to prepare. Uh, basketball makes it fun because of the pacing. Football, the challenge of knowing that there's 22 people on the field that anything can happen. Uh, so the variety of different elements that can take place during one play. So, but now, honestly, I've always said I just I'm really, really lucky to be in the position I am and to be able to do, you know, two major sports in the Southeastern Conference now. We had uh, some of your your top calls and and they coincide with great moments. Clearly, so do you have a favorite moment from either basketball or football that stands out for you personally? Well, for for basketball, the triple overtime game is something that uh, you know you'll remember. I at least I will all my life because of the circumstances. You can understand that that team that beat Illinois in triple overtime was the same team just a week week or two earlier. It got beat by 52 at the University of Arkansas on the night they dedicated Bud Walton Arena. Um, you know, so you'll always remember that. Uh, from a football standpoint, you know, the the game at Arrowhead in 07, um, you know, to 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 beat Kansas on a terrific uh, defensive play, um, you know, the sack by Lorenzo Williams and striker Shulak to tag Reese in the end zone and uh, to be able to, to to win the North for the first time ever and, you know, to be able to to, to ascend to number one in the national rankings uh, the, next, the next week. Uh, you know, those are reasons why you'll remember that. Uh, and I think the other thing too that, that that Missouri and really Kansas fans should cherish from that experience and, and think about this, Dan, because it, it, it happens so rarely, particularly in the sport of football. But for that particular weekend, the eyes of college football were on Missouri and Kansas. And that just hasn't happened since. Nope. How about Norm Stewart dealing with him? Uh, <laughs> on a daily basis in the basketball season, what what was that like for you? It was terrific, you know. And um, I I I don't know why, but but you know, he just he treated me very very well from from the very very beginning, and uh, he uh, he accepted me with open arms. Um, you know, particularly the first year when I was doing doing color with Tom, um, 
you know, I, I'm going to forget the first game. I, I believe it was the first game we did was, was on the road at Bradley. And uh, I flew in from St. Louis and adored John Rooney, who was doing TV at the time, flew in from Chicago. And we, we, we met in Peoria and saw Norm right before the game. And then he, you know, welcomed me and shook my hand and uh, away we go. But, uh, you know, he... <laughs> The funny thing with Norm is that he would always say, now, now listen, before we do our pregame show, just let's talk, let's talk off the air and, and, and ask me if there's anything that I want to talk about. Okay, coach, no problem. I'll always do that. And I still do that to this day with, with, with the coaches that, that I work with. Um, but I can't tell you the number of times that he'll say, he would have said, Hey, ask me about this. You get in the interview and, hey, coach, what about this? Yeah, you know, I, I don't really want to talk about that. <laughs> right. And, and so, you know, that just was coach controlling things. But, no, he, he, he uh, I consider him a dear friend. Uh, he has been wonderfully nice to me uh, and, and throughout the time that, that we've known each other. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's fun to have had an association um, with not only the all-time winningest basketball coach at Missouri, but the all-time winningest football coach at Missouri as well. Absolutely. How about your biggest influences uh, getting behind the mic? If you had to go off the top of your head, who are who are some of those names and why? Well, you know, somebody that you know, Dan, that I think some of the listeners um, will know is, is someone that's local in, in a way. Um, because they play in the Valley, and that's Mike Reeves at, at, at SIU Carbondale. Sure. Uh, I worked for Mike while I was a student at SIU. Um, technically, Mike is one of the best broadcasters I've ever heard. Um, you know, he's been doing it for my land now 40, I think 40 plus seasons at SIU, um, and is really among the best uh, broadcasters that we have. Uh, in college sports in this country, and so Mike was Mike was a guy who taught me how to write. Um, you know, I, I started at W taught me that um, you know how you write in a short and a concise manner. He taught me how to edit and process audio in a short and concise manner, and then from a play by play standpoint, just you know going over things. And you know, I started doing high school football and basketball when, when I was still in college. So he, he certainly has had an influence. And then you can't grow up in the St. Louis area and, and listen to the number of people that have made their way through Campbell X through the years and not be influenced by, you know, Mr. Buck, who I still call him Mr. Buck to this day, God rest his soul, but by Jack and certainly uh, others that, uh, that were there. I mean, you know, Bob Costas is, 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 you, you know how, how I feel about Bob and, and, and how talented uh, he is. Um, you know, certainly others and having a chance to watch with, work with Joe. I mean, that's, that's the one thing people forget. The first year that I did play by play at Missouri, Joe Buck was my color analyst. Right. And Jack used to refer to the two of us as the two fledglings. <laughs> what are you two fledglings? Boys, what are you two fledglings going to begin your career? That's great. And uh, I suggest that one of us is still fledgling and the other one's had a pretty good career at this point in time. So, well, I can't believe uh, you say that about Joe, though. Uh, 
uh, those those would be a few. And, uh-huh. and you know, and, and Dan, Dan, you you've had an influence on me. I mean, um, you know, our friendship goes back to you know your days at at Lindenwood, um, and you know when I would work on sports on a Sunday morning with with uh, you know Mike Claiborne uh, and others, and um, you know so. You know, getting to see what you've accomplished and and watch you do, uh, whether it be you know Cardinal baseball certainly primarily, and you know the stuff you do with the Billikens and, and other things. It's uh, you know St. Louis is blessed to have Dan McLaughlin as long as we've had you. I appreciate it. I I want to ask you because everywhere I go, I'm asked about a baseball season. Clearly, folks are are dying for baseball or any sport at that point, um, if, if it can come to fruition. So how about with college football? And I've said this from day one, Mike. It's the SEC. They're going to play football. I'm not sure where you stand on this, but what's your standard response when you're asked that question? I'm awful. I'm awfully hopeful. Uh, and I think it's, it's something that would be good for, certainly from a financial standpoint, not only the schools, but I think for the fan bases, uh, just again, to give, give them something to look forward to each, each and every week. Now, you know, again, there are going to be challenges along the way. And, you know, the good news is, is that we're, we're still in June and, and, and we're not in September. Um, but, but I'm hopeful. I, I think they want to. I think the geographic footprint of the conference, if they, uh, if you look at it, I think they'll certainly evaluate cases and, and the status of, of each individual state as we move closer to the season. Um, but, you know, again, I, I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm hopeful that we play football. In terms of, have you thought about potentially doing radio off a television monitor and staying in Columbia when the team goes out of town? Have, have you thought about that? I, I have. And, um, and I don't know... I don't know if that exactly will come to fruition or not. I know there are models that are being discussed, certainly in Major League Baseball, and 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 we've seen it in golf already, and we've we've, we've seen it talked about with with other sports. Um, and again, I think that that's a dynamic that if it happens, you just have to be flexible and you have to roll with it and and move forward. Um, because this is a new age, right? That we're all living in, and 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 we're all living in a manner in which, um, you know, we're uh, uh, learning things each and every day. I I sent an email to Jim Sterk, the athletic director at Missouri, a couple of weeks ago, and I just said, "Hey, I'm thinking about you," and I can't imagine, um, you know, the volume of information that you're processing each and every day, and then the decisions that have to follow. Um, and as you know, it's, it's, it's been a very, very difficult time from economic standpoint, not only in, 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 in each and every business, but certainly in, in college athletics as well. And they've had to, they've had to furlough, they've had to lay off people, they've had to ask people to take, uh, reductions in pay. Um, and, and so you think about each and every one of those individuals whose lives are, are being impacted by this. There's no doubt. I'm going to wrap it up with this because I know so many folks are, are curious about the new football coach, Eli Drinkwitz. Uh, just your initial impression of what you've seen of, I uh, hadn't played a game, but what you've seen since he got on campus. Well, I haven't spent much time around him. I was with him the day that he was hired, uh, you know, at the introduction of his news conference. 
uh, I spent uh, about probably 10 minutes in his office prior to the festivities beginning that day. And then the only other time that I've spoken to him was, as you know, through my role as a senior vice president with HM Risk and Clayton, I represent our company on the board of directors with the St. Louis Sports Commission. And during our previous or last quarterly meeting, uh, Coach Drinkwitz uh, joined us as did Bill DeWitt and Chris Zimmerman. And I had the, I had the, the uh, ability at that point in time to interview for everyone that was on the Zoom call, Coach Drinkwitz. And I found him to be, you know, engaging. I find him to be certainly very, very intelligent. I love his, his, uh, his energy. Um, but part of what has happened with COVID-19, Dan, is that, you know, my game plan was is to start beginning to develop the relationship with, with Coach during spring football. Uh, but we never had that opportunity because sure. spring ball was canceled. And so it'll be a work in progress as we, uh, as, as we move through the season. But, but I, I mean, everything that I've seen, everything that I've read is all very, very positive. Um, you know, but as you know, that now, now when you get into the season, um, you know, you, you start looking at, at, at WNL and that's ultimately all coaches are judged. Absolutely. Mike, awesome catching up with you and, and finding out more about your history, which I knew a lot of, but I know our fans here in St. Louis are curious about um, your time behind the mic. You're one of the best that's ever done it. So I appreciate it, and I'm sure we're going to catch up soon. Thanks, my man. All right, buddy. Love you. You too, buddy. It's always fun to visit with Mike Kelly, the voice of the Missouri Tigers. The text line is open, 65780, Air Comfort Service text line, Danny Mack. I used to love you and Norm Stewart doing games together. I did, too. Norm was a hoot, man, and you never knew what was going to come out of his mouth. I actually did the first game that he ever broadcast, and it was at halftime, and we're in Oakland, and that's in Michigan, and is when the Tigers were top five in the country. And I uh, let's just say Mother Nature called during halftime, and I said, Coach, you're going to be fine. You, you just you just got to read the, uh, the, the score. Read the promo, go to break. Well, he didn't realize that he had to go to break, so he did what was supposed to be about a, oh, I don't know, 45 to 60-second segment. He went five minutes and kept breaking down what happened in the first half of that game. He was a beauty and still is today, and I do, just like Mike, consider him a great friend. Text messages are open. The Rhino Shield mic drop as well. This is Scoops with Danny Mac, and we do this every Monday through Friday on 101. ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. It is 1041 on this Monday morning. A column came in with the breaking news in Carriker and Smallman concerning Major League Baseball. Do you have that? Do we have breaking news? Do we have something that we can drop in right now, Colin? Absolutely. I mean, this let is going to get your attention now. Let me let me fire this up for us because you can't go. You can't have breaking news without, without this yes. sounder right here. Yes. One hundred and one ESPN breaking news alert. <laughs> and then I'm supposed to talk, right? And, and now you go with the breaking news, Dan. Major League Baseball made an updated proposal to its players' union on uh, Monday. That's this morning. Uh, moving to have a 76-game season with players getting 75% of their prorated salaries. 
And that's according to ESPN's Carl Ravage. The proposal includes eliminating draft pick compensation for free agents this year. Teams would not lose a pick for signing a free agent. The team losing the player would get a compensatory pick during the draft. The proposal also includes $200 million postseason pool for the players. Proposal would end the season no later than October 31st, which we knew. Playoff schedule, which would involve 10 teams, is still to be finalized. So that hit, and now there's reaction coming in from those that have really followed this closely. Evan Drellick, who has been all over this, says the MLBPA regards today's offer from Major League Baseball to be worse than the league's last because it shifts greater emphasis on risk sharing in the postseason. Players would receive 50% of prorata if there is no postseason, 75% if there is. Put it another way, he said, MLB's offer can be said to represent a 50% per game pay cut with a potential upside of a 25% cut. Well, it goes back and forth. At least what it does do is opens up conversation again, which is what we need. And we will have a baseball season one way or another. Maybe 50 games could be 70. But the owners could say, hey, you're, you're playing 50, and the players have nothing to do in terms of trying to fight that. 636, hate to think we hold Carlson back, and I think it would help down the road if he turns out to be the real deal. That is what teams are facing right now. So let's just say you do come back and it's 50 games and you don't play Carlson, you don't play Zach Thompson, Cody Whitley, all would have been rookies this year. Are you better off having them a part of the taxi squad, taking BP, maybe the live BP, uh, traveling with the major league club, getting a sense of what it's like to be a major leaguer, but then you don't waste the year, if you want to call it a wasted year, on 50 games. I I think there's some teams that are going to say, we're going to go for it. We don't care. And we also think it's important for the development of that player to continue to play him. But that's what every team's going to have to uh, ask themselves is if you have a top prospect, you're in a shortened season, do you do it? Um, I don't know. I, I think it's fascinating. I think some teams will have a different way about going about this. And I think other teams are going to say, yeah, let's do it. Let's go for it. Um, let's see. Five, seven, three. It'd be great. MLB will be a sprint this year. Yes, it will. And that's why the Cardinals are in a good position. Instead of a five-man rotation, you go to six-man. You've got Gomber. you got Ponce de Leon. Uh, you got others that can bridge the gap to the back end of your bullpen, which is really good. And by the time they start playing, Jordan Hicks could be available. Not necessarily as your closer. I think you'd like to ease him in. But as a late-inning guy, that would be very, very important. From the 636, love the show, Danny Mack. But no matter how many games Major League Baseball comes back to play, I'm quote-unquote upset. I don't want to say the word that was given in this text. I'm always pro-player, but (laughs) both sides look beyond greedy and unreasonable, and I'm tired of them making a mockery of the sport I love. It's part of negotiations, whether we like it or not, and you're going to hear more and more about this throughout this summer, throughout the winter, and leading into next spring. It's just part of what we're dealing with right now. Right now, that's it. You're going to hear about the business side of the sport. 636, hate to think we could hold Carlson back. And I think it would help down the road if he turns out to be the real deal. If he plays, that's part of the development. So what can you do as an organization to make sure that these players continue to be developed if they aren't playing in meaningful games? 
if they're not playing in many meaningful games. So if you're part of the taxi squad, you can do inner squad, keep guys sharp for a couple of months, and then they go into the offseason. But are you better having Carlson play in what would be meaningful games, even if it is a 50-game season? 314, Dan, we discussed the cards being cheap the other day, and I said they're cheap and money has nothing to do with it. If Carlson and the others don't play, then there's your example. Not necessarily, because... If you look at it is, and again, this is what every organization has to decide. And I'm not sure what the right answer is, but you're an organization with top young talent. Are you really being cheap if you pull them back for 50 games? I don't know about that. I think it's more about development. You know, what are you doing in your development? Now, that's a different question than are you being cheap because of the money? And so you get a year of service time. He's closer to being arbitration eligible. If he's the real deal, then he hits free agency three years after that. What are you doing with development? And with no minor league season, and by all accounts, that's over. Um, how much, and only the experts, I think, could answer this. And maybe time will tell. Maybe they don't have the right answer. But if you don't play these kids, how much are you stunting their growth? That, to me, is the more important question than the money. I, I think if the money's there, they can pay him. If he, you know, we get through this, we go down the line, and he's the stud that we all think he is, they're not going to let him go. But what are you doing in terms of growth and development? Are you stunting growth? That is the question that needs to be asked. I appreciate all the Air Comfort Service text line questions, comments. Rhino Shield mic drops. We'll get to some uh, tomorrow, hopefully. Um, I always just run out of time. I'm bad at clock management, Colin. That's all there is to it. That's on me. It's well, on me. Well, you're a great quarterback on the broadcast. The, the clock management, that's the head coach's job. I don't know if I want to call myself a head coach, but... Somebody here has got to get the head coaching in line because you're doing your part, Dan. Well, then you're the offensive coordinator and get it right. Uh, get it right, will you? <laughs> I mean, this is all on you, Colin. I'll work on it. Yeah, I forgot that from the last show. It's all on me at the end of the day. It is. It's all your fault. Good, bad, <laughs> indifferent. 1048 in St. Louis. We'll cross it over with Ribs and BK when we come back. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Always look forward to Ribs and BK because, well, Brandon works really hard at getting guests and Ribs. He just comes in and chimes in every once in a while. But they do a great program between 11 and 2. Oh, hey, guys. Oh, hey, Dan. What's up, Dan? Sorry, Ribs. Don't punch me. No, that's okay. How many hockey fights did you get into in the NHL level? Oh, God. I don't even know. Did you get the crap beat out of you? A couple of times, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I finished third a couple of times. You finished third <laughs> yeah. in, yeah. a two, in a two-man battle. I finished second. <laughs> I finished third one time in the minors in the American Hockey League, and it was epic. I basically called out Barry Trotz, who was coaching Portland. I called him the penguin behind the bench. <laughs> That's funny. He kind of looked yeah, like... Yeah, he did. Yeah. You know, and so Brian Curran, the colonel... Uh, came over, and this guy was a monster. I should have taken inventory before <laughs> doing what I did. And then he came over and bent me over the boards, like, backwards. And I think, I mean, he still would be punching me if it wasn't for the referees right Awesome. Now. Yeah, so that was, uh, that was a nice slice of humble pie for sure. Understand. Jamie Rivers, Brandon Kiley coming up on Dan McLaughlin. This is Scoops with Danny Mac, and we do this from 10 to 11 every day. I'll have the Redbird report at 6 tonight. What do you have coming up on the show? So coming up today, Delino to Shields, former Cardinal second baseman, will join us at 11.30 to talk about the long gone summer. We will also talk to Bob Nightingale coming up later about baseball's latest proposal, and that's where we're going to begin things. Some optimism for a solid 10 minutes. So we had that this morning for us, guys. Well, at least... I think it opens up the conversation again. It, it goes back and forth. I was saying this with Randy and, and Michelle this morning. 
if we didn't have uh, the virus and this was going on in terms of just talking about, you know, the basic labor back and forth, it makes major headlines because nothing else is going on. And all the leaks have just been detrimental for the average fan to hear this stuff. Because to your point, you get really high, you get really excited, and all of a sudden, whoop, it goes down. That's not good. No, it's not. I mean, it's it's a roller coaster. And unfortunately, like you said, there's nothing else to talk about, especially regarding baseball. So the only thing to talk about regarding baseball is this deal that isn't done. And the leaks have really been awful. They've really been detrimental to this whole process. I don't know why it's happening or how they haven't fixed it somehow, some way. But to me, that's the biggest problem. And Dan, they're immediate. Like, we heard about the proposal at, what was it, maybe 9.50? Yeah. By 9.55, we knew everything about how the MLBPA felt about that proposal. And it's just like... Can you give it a little little bit of time to resonate with whatever your players are actually thinking about this? Can we maybe have some people give some thoughts on this before you come out and say, nope, this is even worse than the last proposal? We'll, we'll talk about it coming up, but it's, I'm done. I'm done with all of it. I, I just, when you've got a deal to come back, go ahead and let me know. In the meantime, I'm, I'm good never hearing about any of these ever again. And that's the labor part of it. I still... I still look at the virus not being talked about enough. When you have five Alabama football players and now you're quarantining 50, you had Oklahoma State have issues. They've had a couple of guys pop. I think Texas A&M did as well. And we haven't even started pro sports. So just to get it to that point, it's not going to be as easy as people think. There was a story over the weekend that baseball has only reached out to five of the local governments to talk about what the protocols are. I did see that. Five of the 28. You're not serious about coming back anytime in the near future if that's what you've done to be able to get back on the field. All right, BK and Ribs, they're coming up. That's at 11. Colin, great job as always. We'll talk to you tomorrow on 101 ESPN. You have been listening to the TV voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, Scoop with Danny Mac on 101 ESPN.